0: This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by EV Charging Summit Expo, North America's largest EV charging summit. To learn more about the event, go to evchargingsummit.com.
1: And we, we were trying to think and get input from innovative school ideas. And it was not about that. It was really just, and, and they repeated it, everybody. Andreas, just make sure that the chargers work every time at scale. And that was like, wow, quite a surprise, actually, for me, right?
0: Welcome to the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis. Episode 62 of the program rolling along in this month of March, March Madness. Uh, the Sweet 16 weekend is here. So if you've got a busted bracket, I'm sorry for you. Maybe you can do a uh, Sweet 16 recap bracket. I ran into a gentleman at the office yesterday who was doing that. I tried to get involved with it, and he said it was only his office, and so uh, I tried to ridicule him. But, you know, look, it it, it it didn't work. It did not work because the ridicule's on me, considering that my bracket is busted, and uh, that's the end of that story. So let's get right down to today's episode. The EV Charging Summit and Expo series continues to roll along. We have a... A tremendous guest today. And look, all the guests have been absolutely fantabulous. But uh, we've got another great one today. Mr. Andreas Lips, CEO of Shell Recharge Solutions. Uh, they are putting EV chargers across the country, across the Uh, across Canada and across the entire globe. And they've got ambitious plans, not just for what's going on now, but 2025 and beyond. But we'll let Andreas talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, let me just kind of lay out to you what exactly is the EV Charging Summit. It's going down next week at the Mirage in Las Vegas. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic event. The question is, what is the summit? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the must-attend event for all things EV charging. The summit provides educational sessions focused on finance, Infrastructure operability and ROI for EV charging. The expansive expo hall showcases real solution, cost savings, and technological advances to infrastructure for all commercial and government organizations. And of course, you know, for folks that are in the EV space, you're well aware of how important uh, EV charging and just the infrastructure is. And of course, I've had a chance to talk to some just absolutely incredible folks who are making serious headway in the EV charging space. Because again, for as high speed and for as forward moving. as as the EV uh, industry is right now, the infrastructure has to be there in order for this thing to fully take off. And and, and that's the kind of conversations that we're going to be having at the EV Charging Summit next week. And of course, I'll be hosting uh, day one on Thursday on stage one, emceeing the entire event. And then Friday, day two of the event, I will be walking around with my recorder doing my man on the street interview. So when you see me out there, stop me. If I don't stop you first, let's have a little conversation. Let's talk EVs. Let's talk energy. And who knows, we might even get a sports conversation in there as well. So let's get down to today's episode. Once again, Mr. Andreas Lips. And again, once uh, a big shout-out to Miss Merrill Morse, as well as uh, the entire Shell Recharge Solutions team as well for helping make this thing happen. All right, what are we talking about today? Look, they've got 11,000 ev chargers right now shell recharge solutions does they're shooting for 500 Thousand, Yes, that's right, a half million by 2025. And of course, in case you were uh, counting, that's only two years away. So they've got their work cut out for them. But after you listen to Andreas, look, there's nobody better poised and there's nobody better suited to get this thing done than one Mr. Andreas Lips. He's also going to be part of the keynote panel. So again, a little bit of what you're going to hear today, uh, just a little snippet of it. He's going to touch on that in, in even greater detail next week at the summit. What else is he going to be talking about? Their patented Shell Sky technology, which is kind of the brains behind their EV charging technology. Uh, He also talks about how their gas station imprint has been a huge factor in understanding both logistical as well as customer insights. He also talks about how they continue to expand their EV footprint. And the one thing, the one thing that all EV customers want, he was surprised by it. I don't know if you will be. Stay tuned and listen and find out for yourself. So without further ado, Mr. Andreas Lips.
1: When I started, I didn't uh, didn't expect to to spend my life at Shell, but uh, I I must say I was always impressed by the innovative nature, the in, the specific opportunities that I had, and actually the colleagues and the way people are treated uh, with respect, integrity, um, and and that was something that kept me with Shell and still keeps me going and motivated. Huh? So uh, it's it's a great company I feel and. Especially now, I mean, we are at the forefront of the of the energy transition. And and, I mean, the world needs energy, the world needs cleaner energy, and like being part and contributing to that is just exciting. So there's, there's no place I'd, I'd rather be at the moment.
0: Well, and that dovetails beautifully then into uh, this question then as far as, you know, given the, I mean, look, we all know about uh, Shell's oil and gas background, but we all know that if this this energy transition is going to take the shape and the speed and the magnitude that we need it to take, obviously oil and gas companies that are already well-equipped to do that are going to have to play a big part in that. Shell is no stranger. You guys have a tremendous background in clean energy. How is that helping as you guys kind of take the lead from a big six standpoint in this clean energy transition
1: well for us i think it's it's important to provide more energy and cleaner energy to to consumers and the consumers are, are also changing also you know? there's a consumer sentiment changing towards cleaner energy but energy also has to be uh, well everybody needs energy and it has to be affordable and if you if we go back a little bit to to be charging now uh, we see increasingly now a demand for electric vehicles. Many people who, who tested or drive an electric vehicle, they don't want to go back. And as Shell, we see it, it's, it's important actually to support our, our consumers that we have today with whatever energy needs they have, let it be gasoline, diesel, uh, natural gas, or EV charging. And so we acquired Shell Recharge Solutions back in 2019 here in the U.S., it's a 100% Shell-owned company. And at the heart, it's really a technology and service provider that helps our customers, mainly businesses, to implement electric vehicle charging and energy management solutions really at, at scale you now for, for businesses. And so in that role, Shell Recharge Solutions is really helping to, to power the decarbonization of the transportation sector, both in B2C and B2, B2, B2B, And uh, we're doing that by providing like industry link software, it's called Shell Sky, and also the services that actually equip our customers, which could be fleets or drivers, could be utilities, cities, auto-AMs, to deploy and manage EV charging uh, infrastructure at scale. So so it's really exciting, I would say, and it's at the core of what Shell is doing, providing consumers with choice, and the energy they need to actually go on with their lives. And that could be at home, could be at work, on the go, wherever the consumer needs charging, we want to help them and, and support them in that in that play, basically.
0: You're no stranger to the mobility side, the fleet side of things, uh in your career with Shell. What's been the biggest challenge and what have what's been the biggest surprise for you?
1: Two things I would like to mention now. So one of the biggest Aha moments of surprises at the very beginning when I when I joined actually uh, was uh, what consumers are actually looking for, you know? and because when I when I came came in I was thinking about like all this potential innovation in terms of could be wireless charging and this and that, but then we had like very soon we established or I established with my team like a, a customer advisory board where we talked to consumers and basically all they said to me in in, in the beginning is Andreas. Just make sure that the chargers work every time. No, that's that's our biggest pain point. No, just and we we were trying to think and get input from innovative, cool ideas, and it was not about that. It was really just and, and they repeated it. Everybody, Andreas, just make sure that the chargers work every time at scale. And that was like wow, quite a quite a uh, quite a surprise actually for me. Right, and. And then I, do- I dove into that a little bit, and then we realized really that it is not that easy. And that is also then the biggest challenge. And many consumers, I don't know if you personally drive an EV, you might have said as well, if you often drive around, you often find that many chargers or charging stations are not working, or that you have difficulties actually connecting it with your car, with your app, etc. And then the learning here and the challenge that we have, it's really an interplay between the car, which has its own software and firmware and hardware, of course, the car is, is is a is a tool. The charge point, which is often like manufactured by a third by a different third party, they also have the different hardware, different software, different firmware, and it's often operated by a uh, charge point management software like Shell Sky, which is a software actually holding it all together. But any change. Of any of these three components, and let it be on the hardware side, on the firmware side, on the software side, can make the overall system actually to underperform. And so it's really, really critical that we that we tackle this challenge to provide the consumer experience of the driver. And that could be a personal driver that goes like you know brings that drives around in 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 the B2C segment, but it could also be a, a driver for fleet that is expecting operational efficiency. Um, And really tackling that, the chargers work every time, while at the same time the components of it are being supplied by different parties, and there's constant innovation in those components, because the industry is still really in its infancy, is a big challenge that I'm seeing, and uh, and that's what we spend most of our time on, to indeed now go back to our customers and and be able to guarantee that chargers work all of the time, when they need them, and where they need them.
0: You also touched on something too that I think is not nearly touched on enough is the fact that this is still such a nascent in- industry, right? Yes. And 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 how much of that do you battle with consumers? businesses in them understanding like look we are trying to navigate this as much as you guys are and to your point when you're talking about software firmware and hardware all trying to get on the same page how how close are we to getting to that point where it is like a shell gas station where you've got your 87 your 89 your 92 your 95 plug play boom go how close are we to that reality from an ev charging standpoint
1: Already today at Richard Solutions, we are guaranteeing to our customers, which are other businesses that operate charging stations, we we uh, guarantee an uptime performance of up to ninety-seven percent already today. No, uh, but that comes then also with uh, uh, actually our our um, software, of course, that is running those chargers, but also what we call SkyCare, which is our uh, operations and maintenance program, so to make sure that we have the right maintenance. Ah, uh, preventive maintenance, but also like uh, quick SLA. So if something goes wrong, that we can be out there and actually uh, service those charges together with our with third parties that that work for us in that space. So I think we're getting closer to that. You will also see that the federal government now. Uh, with the Navai program in their guidance, they're also expecting basically an uptime guarantee or minimum standards for uptime. There's still some discussion around that, how to actually define it you know, uh, in, in that space, but it's certainly something we get there. If you talk to consumers, I think it's not the reality they see today. No, there is a little bit of anxiety, as you say, around the ones who already drive an EV, there's anxiety around that, is the charger working? The ones who don't have an EV yet, you know, they have anxiety like, hey, can I actually buy an EV? Because there are not enough chargers. So I think both things over time, um, I'm, I'm absolutely confident that both things we can address over time. There's more and more uh, uh, chargers that are being deployed by ourselves, but also by by, by other companies. I mean, shall, shall, it, shall we own, huh? we already own and operate Uh, more than 11,000 private and public charge points in the U.S. So that's uh, already quite a significant number. But then if you think about where we want to go uh, in the future, actually that's in the U.S. and Canada, just to be specific. Mm -hmm. But where we want to go in the future, by 2025, we aim actually to operate more than 500,000 charge points, uh, but that is a global number. Uh, Obviously, the U.S. is a key market for us, so we also expect our footprint in the U.S. to grow significantly. So there will be more charge points available that will tackle the range anxiety. And at the same time, we are really investing a lot of money and and resources and capital into into scaling up our software capabilities to ensure that the operations of these chargers is also flawlessly and that we can actually deliver the uptime that customers actually expect from a company like Shell.
0: Does having the Shell gas station footprint give you an inherent advantage and how can you utilize that when it comes to implementing these 500,000 charge points, especially here in the United States?
1: I believe that having our our footprint and not only the gas station footprint, but our overall energy footprint is indeed an an advantage for us. We have... um, we have actually experience in the energy uh, space. We have deeply integrated energy expertise, but we also have other parts of our business where we really can, that we can leverage. Huh? So we are one of the the biggest and most recognized fleet solutions businesses in the world. Where we work already today with fleets across the globe to help them uh, address their energy needs and also their decarbonization needs. We service like millions of customers every day at our gas stations globally and having this intimate knowledge about our consumers, both the drivers but also the fleets, is really helping us to understand what their needs are and that's the first step you need to have, right? So having that understanding helps us and invest in the right uh, uh, technologies to make that experience uh, the similar one or better one as the, as the consumers also switch from an ICE vehicle increasingly to an, to an EV. So I think it is a, is a significant advantage on the consumer side. Of course, the footprint itself, the, the location footprint is also a help. We know exactly, I mean, we know where to put charging stations because we also know where to put uh, uh, gas stations, right? So we learned throughout the years how to do that. Is that the same locations? It's not, but we know how to do it. We know how to identify uh, where consumers go, what they need where, and that's what, certainly something that we are leveraging in this space as well. And again, I mean, our targets, I think, uh, speak for themselves. Now I can repeat it again. So by 2025, we want to operate 500,000 charge points, and even more so, if you, if you look beyond 2025, we want to scale that number to two and a half million charge points by 2030. So um, charge points will be deployed in various locations, so on-the-go at forecourts, et cetera, but also at destinations, at workplaces, in their homes. So everywhere where the consumer or the fleet driver actually needs charging in the future.
0: Dare I say, is Shell and Shell Recharge Solutions kind of under the radar when it comes to what you guys are doing in the EV and clean energy space? I mean, we hear about the Teslas, we hear about you know, all the other companies that are, you know, in the clean energy space and what they're doing. But I feel like we're kind of underrating a little bit what the, the, the movement that shell and shell recharge solutions are making.
1: All the information about our our performance and our numbers is, is, basically publicly available. Now, not all of that, but but a lot. I mean, you can see the companies we acquired in the past, like Sharif uh, Sharj uh, Solutions Europe, we, we acquired New Motion in 2017. Sharif Recharge Solutions Americas is basically what was before GreenLots we acquired in 2019. In 2021, we acquired a company in, in Europe called Eupatricity. Oh, co- uh, last year, we uh, uh, acquired a company in Germany, uh, which is focusing on, on fleet and bus charging opportunities. So I think uh, it's very easy to follow our investment strategy in the EV space. Now and from that, you can also extrapolate basically um, how serious we are about the energy transition. We also uh, uh, publicizing basically the number of charge points that we have already today. Again, in US and Canada, it's 11,000. Globally, uh, it's, it's more than 100,000 already that we operate and we also talk publicly about our targets and where we want to go to um do we like publish that all the time every time no E part is still like a only one part of like a tremendous business that we have in shell mm-hmm. and also uh, only one part of our energy transition strategy but the data is there and i think the numbers speak for themselves uh, both the numbers that we can share already today or what we actually deliver today and our ambition and um I believe people trust Shell, and and we, we are certainly uh, putting putting our, our the money where our mouth is, so that we actually invest in these in these activities themselves. So if I look go back to Shell Recharge Solutions Americas, I mean we 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 have invest we have sixfolded basic number of employees since since the acquisition. So it's certainly like an investment in the future and into the energy transition, which which certainly excites me a lot.
0: You mentioned Shell Sky being kind of the center point of what Shell Recharge Solutions is all about. Gives a little uh, yes. a little behind the scenes on uh, exactly what that technology is and how it's pivotal to uh, the growth that you guys continue to and look forward to.
1: So Shell Sky is is a software solution. And and I mentioned already that uh, the difficulty actually of guaranteeing like a great user experience and a great, great uptime because you have to have this interplay between the hardware of the vehicle the hardware of the charge point, but also the firmware and software of both the vehicle and, and the charge point, and then basically our own uh, software solution, which is Shell Sky. So what we are doing really, in, in mainly in our innovation center in Los Angeles, but also in collaboration with the other technology centers that Shell is operating in other locations around the world, we are, doing, we are spending a lot of time what we call hardware validation, and software vehicle communication testing it's really like where every new vehicle or every or all the chargers that we're deploying we are testing them in our facilities the interplay between those what happens if a firmware update is update is like is is uh, is, is put on one of the chargers how does that Im- impact our software can we then still send the communication that we need to start stop charging For energy management for all these different things that you want to do that is really really the heart of what we're doing in the innovation center and that is a critical test bed that really enables our hardware and auto manufacturer partners and most critically ultimately our customers to have confidence that everything is going to perform to what's right in line with their expectations really so uh, sky the software what it does it helps customers to manage their charging network at scale so so there's predictive uh, uh, um, error coding, for example. So the software can often identify earlier uh, if certain maintenance is needed or if something is going wrong. It's providing control over peak loads you know, or to avoid demand charges. Uh, that That could happen. It provides... Overall visibility into into the network performance and providing control, which is especially important to to fleet customers who want more control when they operate a fleet of hundreds or even thousands of vehicles. You now, and it's overall analytics, of course, as well of station use, how consumers or, or drivers are using the stations, and and that will really help us to also develop and and, and inform us about how the future could look like. Again, we talked about. All the industry is in its infancy. At the moment, probably like only like a, a few percentage point of penetration in the EV market, like both on the consumer and the B2B side. If you extrapolate that to say once we have an EV penetration of 20%, 40%, 60%, user behaviors and energy demand will will change again. And our software already helps us today to be able to predict that to some extent, see how consumers are actually using uh, their vehicle and uh, when it comes to charging. And so that helps us basically to, to be prepared for, for bigger adoption rates and then also better charging experiences.
0: Two-part question one, a little bit about the EV Summit, its importance, your panel, and then how do we take what we learned on those three days and get it out to the, to the folks at home?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm obviously excited uh, uh, to go to the panel, uh, um, and not only because it's in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, but uh, well, it's it's known uh, for for being a fun place, uh, right? Uh, But it's also an international stage really for innovation and technology. The CAS was in Las Vegas at the beginning of this year, and Las Vegas is also, if you if you um, if you read a little bit about it, they're also at the forefront and looking really at how can they create a safe, efficient, and, and sustainable mobility. You know? Las Vegas is also a testbed often for mobility solutions. So it's great that this event is actually taking place in, in that city. As for our panel itself, it's, of course, always great to, to meet like, like-minded peers, competitors, colleagues in this space and exchange ideas. So I shared my experiences and my aha moments from my time now as a CEO of Sharif Sharp Solutions here in Americas, And I'm, I'm really curious to see if they have the same learnings, the same moments, or if there are other things that might might be a blind spot for me. So, so for me, it's really a learning opportunity in this space. We will discuss what we see as the challenges currently for on the consumer experience side. And again, it could be B2C or B2B. And also, like we're trying to discuss and extrapolate a little bit, how would the future look like in the next five to ten years with all this funding coming into play, all these new vehicles coming there, more and more consumers and businesses actually jumping on EVs. And, uh, and, and especially we probably have a discussion around standardization uh, a lot as well. So how can we make sure that uh, open standards, open charge protocols help to bring to the consumer the experience that they expect Right? So consumers want to expect, or they, they expect today already, the same reliability they have with the ICE vehicles when it comes to charging or refueling. So that's what they're looking for. And, and I'm looking forward to discuss that with my peers. How to, how to bring more people towards this? How did the public know? So I'm not quite sure what the summit's strategies themselves is about, like publicizing about the event. And the content, um, I am convinced that as Shell uh, and Shell Recharge Solutions is um, investing more in EV charging, consumers will see more Shell chargers uh, uh, in Canada globally. As I mentioned globally, we have a target of 500,000, which are actually in the public and in the B2B space, so they could be private as well. Nonetheless, uh, there will be more chargers, significantly more chargers from Shell, and I think People uh, will will see that, and it will bring them confidence that they can make the switch to an EV in the near future. I'm driving an EV already for more than four years, and and I never really was stranded anywhere, and and my charging experience has been has been very good so far. So, um, and I want to make sure that uh, yeah, every every business or personal driver has the same experience in the future. Your favorite part about Las Vegas is. I haven't been there so often, to be honest. Um, So so the last time I went there, I went actually with my wife, who gave me for my birthday like a surprise trip to Las Vegas, and we visited from Las Vegas actually the Grand Canyon. So I don't know if that still counts as part of of Las Vegas, but it was certainly breathtaking to be there because just you, you realize how how precious nature is and how breathtaking nature can be, even if it's just a few mountains in the end or a riverbed. And that also drives me to, say, to wake up every morning and say, hey, we have to preserve uh, what we have here on Earth, which is special. So as a city itself, again, I haven't been there so often, so I'm looking forward uh, to go there and see it. Um, I'm not a gambler, so that's probably not something that's triggering me. Um, but I heard that there are great restaurants. And, and again, I'm look, we're looking forward to To uh, the conference itself to meet like minded peers and have good and challenging discussions, hopefully.
0: Thank you so much for that, Mr. Andreas Lips. You can catch all of the Power Connect podcast over at Apple. Podcast, Spotify, as well as the website, thepowerconnect.net. Leave the five star rating if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We know that a lot of you do. It helps with the algorithm, helps with the ranking, and we just think we do a dadgum good job. Don't forget, we got some uh, branding things coming up here pretty soon. Uh, we're also looking for some sponsorships, as well as some new marketing things that we're going to be working on here in the very near future as well. So if you want to know more about that, connect with us on LinkedIn, Fred Davis, and or The Power Connect. And you can also reach out to me by email, fred at PowerConnect.net. That's fred at PowerConnect. Net. All right, we've got three episodes left of the EV Charging Summit series. We've got my guy, Josh Aviv from Spark Charge. Incredible conversation with him, Meryl Morris. We're going to talk to her, as well as my man, Mr. Daniel Siegel, VP of BD over at Simon. Just, again, great conversations with all three. Uh, And I'm telling you right now, if you haven't signed up for the EV Charging Summit, number one, it's in Vegas, and two, you're going to learn more than you ever thought was even possible about EV charging. And it's going to be just and from from the folks I've talked to, from talking to Meryl and seeing everything that's going on behind the scenes, this is going to be a top-notch event you do not want to miss. And, of course, you can still get 50% off. Just enter the promo code EBCS2023 for 50% off. And this is all going down March 29th through the 31st at the Mirage in Las Vegas. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. Wake up, all builders. Time to build a new land.
1: I know we could do it if we all lend ahead The only thing we have to
0: do